How's everybody today at the 845 service this morning? You ready to get here? I got in the car this morning. I was a little quiet today. And my wife looked over. She said, aren't you speaking today? I said, babe, I'm about to talk for three hours. Give me a break. Give me a break. Let me be quiet for a minute here. I'm excited to be with you today. We're concluding our series called Breakthrough. So many of you have been so kind to tell me how much you've enjoyed this series and how much this series has touched and blessed your life. Be honest with you, talking about breakthrough is fun. Who doesn't want a breakthrough? Who doesn't need a breakthrough? And, and who wouldn't enjoy talking about how to break through into a new place, into a better place, into a more powerful place? It's a wonderful thing. And we're experiencing some breakthroughs. I had a man approach me in a restaurant just this week, and he said, Pastor, could I talk to you for a second? And I said, yes. I thought I had seen him before. He visited Upward several times, and he said, we came to Upward for the first time just a few weeks ago. And uh, many of y'all will remember, we've been talking one, at one of the services, God led me to pray for people to get pregnant who wanted to get pregnant. We did not pray for anybody who didn't want to get pregnant to get pregnant. That might comfort you. But we prayed for those that wanted to get pregnant and had not been able to. And he said, Pastor, we visited Upward for the first time just a few weeks ago. And he said, uh, I'm going to be honest with you. My wife had suffered a miscarriage, and we have not been able to have children since then. And it's really been hard on us. And he said, you inspired us to pray and to believe. And you know what the end of this story is. He said, we got a pregnancy test back, and we're pregnant. We're expecting a baby. Isn't that exciting? Isn't that wonderful? God is so good. So we're experiencing many, many breakthroughs. We talk about breakthrough. By the way, we're going to be in Matthew chapter 3 and Matthew chapter 27 today. If you want to go ahead and turn there in your Bible or look on your phone. We talk about breakthrough because we serve a God of breakthrough. He is the God of breakthroughs. If you read the Old Testament, you will find that God revealed himself progressively in the Old Testament. In the New Testament, we have the ultimate revelation of who God is in the person and message of Jesus Christ. The Bible said that the Son has clearly made manifest who the Father is in the New Testament. But in the Old Testament, God revealed himself progressively, and often what he would do is take people through an experience, and at the end of that experience, he would reveal to them an aspect of his character or an aspect of his ability, and they would name God. God by this. In the Old Testament, God called Abraham to take his only son up on a mountain and sacrifice him to God. An incredible ask of God. And Abraham followed God's instructions. He took his only son up on a mountain and was ready to kill him as a sacrifice to God. And God said, hold up, Abraham. I'm testing your heart. I'm testing your obedience. Don't kill your son. And Abraham looked over, and there was a ram tangled up in a bush. And God said, that's the sacrifice I've provided for you. And Abraham came to know God by a new name. He called him Jehovah-Jireh, which means God who provides. Does anybody here know Jehovah-Jireh in your life, the God who provides if you're here today and you're in need or you're in want or there's a lack in your life somewhere, a bill that needs to be paid, something needs to happen in your life, I want to introduce you this morning to Jehovah Jireh, the God who provides. He is your provider today. David was in a situation when he was fighting the Philistines and, and he was almost overcome in battle and God showed up in the middle of David's battle. I love the battles where people don't even have to fight. 
all over the Old Testament, their battles when they thought they were going to need to fight and God said, you just do what I tell you and I'll fight for you. I think somebody should have gotten a word already this morning. And I'm two minutes in and there you go. There's a word for you. You just do what God says to do and watch him fight for you. He told him to walk around the city of Jericho, city with these huge high walls. And God said, ah, don't go attack the walls. Don't go doing anything. Just march around the city and keep your mouth shut. Boy, that's the hardest commandment I've ever heard in my life. (laughs) Just walk and keep your mouth shut. Man, some people getting words already this morning. I'm serious. Your job's keep your mouth shut right now and just take one step forward at a time and do what God told you to do. Keep your mouth shut because your mouth will get in the way of what God wants to do. None of this is in my notes. It's going to be a long day today. (laughs) He said, keep your mouth shut until I say so. And when I say so, blow the trumpet and lift up a shout. And when they did, the walls of Jericho fell. God fought for them. David was in a battle against the Philistines back where I started. God showed up. God himself drove back the enemies. And David said, David gave God a new name as it was revealed to him, Baal Perazim, which is simply the God who breaks through. The God who breaks through and destroys my enemy. I want you to understand something about breakthrough, and I want, I want us to make sure and think about breakthrough correctly. Often when we're thinking about breakthrough, I'm afraid we picture ourselves pushing against an obstacle or pushing against a wall. And we've come up to a place when we kind of feel stuck and we, need, we, we know we need to go through to a new level, new level of relationship with God, a new level and whatever. And we see ourselves pushing up against a wall and we feel like if we just push hard enough and pray hard enough, the wall's going to break open and we break through. But I want you to hear me this morning and I want you to get this in your mind. It's God who does the breakthrough. Not you pushing on the wall to get through. God is pushing on the wall to bring breakthrough. Now, it's good to push on some walls. It's good to challenge yourself. Anybody challenge yourself lately? About a hundred of you have asked me if I'm still taking cold showers. I talked about that, and I still am, and I absolutely love it. I hate it and love it at the same time. Three minutes warm, and at the end of it, get a timer, turn that thing on cold, and get under that precious cold water for three minutes. Hallelujah. You feel so good when you turn that water off and get out of there? It's not cold at all when you get out of there. It's warm does make me feel good and I'm still doing it you know the first 30 seconds of that are just as hard as they were the first time I did it first 30 seconds my body is saying you're an idiot (laughs) what are you doing get out of here after 30 seconds you break through and I've learned mentally that I can tell my brain no and I can tell my brain you're going to be okay shut up it's okay to say shut up to your own thoughts be quiet you're going to be okay and I make it But today we're not talking about you pushing through. Today we're not talking about you enduring. Today we're talking about God breaking through when you can't. There's a powerful concept in the New Testament, and it happened a couple of times. In Matthew chapter 3, we see this. We see God breaking through on earth. 
And it happened a couple times in Jesus' life. There's a particular Greek word uh, called anoigo. Everybody say with me, anoigo. Anoigo means to open. This particular powerful Greek word is used many times in the New Testament in Jesus' life. But I think it's used powerfully at the very beginning of Jesus' public earthly ministry. And then it's used again at the very moment that Jesus died. There is that Greek word, anoigo. Let's go to the first one. It's in Matthew chapter 3. It's at the place of Jesus' baptism. Jesus' cousin, John the Baptist, was baptizing people unto repentance in the wilderness. And Jesus came to be baptized by John. John didn't want to baptize him. John said, whoa, Lord, you're the one that needs to be baptizing me. And Jesus said, let's fulfill all righteousness and do what we're supposed to do according to the Scripture, so baptize me. And when he baptized him, Jesus came up out of the water, and a powerful thing happened, Matthew 3, 16. After his baptism... As Jesus came up out of the water, the heavens were open. There's anoigo. The heavens were open, and he saw, that's John saw, the Spirit of God descending like a dove and settling on him. Very powerful moment happened there. As an aside, John saw this because John had to see it to really know who the Messiah was. God spoke to John the Baptist. He testified about it in John 1. And God spoke to him and said, Upon whom you see the Spirit descending and remaining on him, that's the one. That's the Messiah. So John saw the Holy Spirit descending from heaven like a dove and sitting on Jesus Christ. But the word I want you to look at is the word anoigo, where it says the heavens opened. All of a sudden, heaven opened up over earth, and heaven came down to earth in a powerful way. Now, I want you to understand, that's a breakthrough beyond all breakthroughs. When heaven comes down to earth, that's the breakthrough we want before we want anything else. And when you're seeking after that breakthrough first, all other breakthroughs come. I'm afraid sometimes we think about breakthrough and we just think about it in earthly terms. I need a better job, and that's fantastic. If you need a better job, I pray that you get that better job. I need to make some more money, and that's fantastic too. If money's not your God, it's always good to have enough, and it's always good to have a little more than enough. Can I get an amen? I want you to experience it. Maybe you're in a relationship struggle, and you need a breakthrough, and God wants to give you that breakthrough, and that's wonderful. But I want you and I to get in mind that the most powerful breakthrough, the one we're put here on earth to see, is the breakthrough when heaven breaks through and comes down to earth in power. Amen, Pastor. That's what happened here. Anoigo, the heavens open, and the Spirit of God came down. This word anoigo is a very powerful word. It has some very rich and beautiful pictures. The word anoigo is the picture of a door that's stuck. Have you ever had a door that's stuck? We were renovating the student building down here some years ago, and uh, we, we actually just had to gut the building, and so our staff went down to gut the building, and it was dangerous. I'm saying it was dangerous because we were doing it. There were some stuck doors in there, and we thought we'd have a good time and practice kicking in doors. I'd seen the police do it and thought, I'm going to kick in a few doors. I'm telling you, 
I wish I could do that every day. I kicked that door and it flew open and I felt like a real man. (laughs) For once in my life. (laughs) Anoigo is a picture of a door that's been stuck, that burst open. Anoigo is a picture of like a, in the Greek it means when there's an obstacle or a clog that needs to be removed. Have you ever faced like a clogged drain or a clogged pipe and nothing would flow in the pipe and all of a sudden you hit that obstruction and it moves and everything just flows? Isn't that wonderful? Say, preacher, quit talking about toilets on Sunday morning. But can I tell you, there's nothing quite as beautiful as when a drain's been clogged and all of a sudden it opens up when you hear that flow. That's an oigo. A door gets thrown open that was locked and tied shut. A clog in a pipe opens up and the obstruction is removed. An oigo. It's a picture also of a blind eye that has never seen before. When it says Jesus opened the eyes of the blind, they use that same Greek word, anoigo, meaning an opening where heaven comes down to earth. I want you to understand, when God breaks through, heaven opens. When Jesus came up out of the water, heaven tore through the powers that were in the sky to make its presence known on the earth. Church, that's why we're still here today, for heaven to tear through the sky and show up on earth. Child asked a question, and I love children's questions. A mother asked me a couple weeks ago, she said, I've got a great sermon series idea for you. Would you do a sermon series and answer the questions that our children ask us about God? How many of you think that would work? Based on that, we're not doing it. How many think that would be good? Okay, I'm still feeling okay about it. All right. She said, uh, one of the questions, or another parent asked me, is one of the questions my children asked me is, why doesn't God just take us to heaven when we come to know Jesus? That's a good question. It would seem to be much easier. I want to tell you why, though. I want to go ahead and answer that question. God saved you, and you're down here as an ambassador of the kingdom of God. You're here so that heaven can be torn open over your life and make its way into earth and manifest the power of heaven down here on earth. That's why you're here. And when God breaks through, heaven opens. How many would like there to be a hole torn in the sky over Henderson County where God can just freely come down and make himself known all over our community? If you're not from Henderson County, Western North Carolina then. How many would like Western North Carolina to have a hole in the heavenlies above us where God can just freely come down and move and touch and change and transform and show himself? Say, Pastor, what are you talking about? Why does there need to be a hole in the heaven? Well, the Bible says this about Satan. One of the things uh, that Paul calls Satan in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 2, he calls Satan the prince of the power of the air, meaning that is his domain. That is where spiritual warfare takes place. It's a powerful story in the book of Daniel chapter 10 when Daniel began to pray And he was praying for a breakthrough. He was praying a prayer for the nation where he was at the moment. 
And he prayed, I think it was about three weeks he prayed. And he prayed and it seemed like nothing was happening. When finally the angel, the archangel Michael showed up and revealed himself to Daniel. And he had these amazing words for Daniel. He said to Daniel, Daniel, from the moment you began to pray, I began to move on your behalf. I started fighting for you as you prayed, but I was withstood by the prince of Persia. Preacher, that sounds weird. Let me, I want you to understand this. There's a spiritual battle going on in our world today. There's a spiritual battle over the United States of America today. There's a spiritual battle over the state of North Carolina today. There is a spiritual battle over Henderson County today. And when God's people pray, angels of God are dispatched to fight and win those spiritual battles. You may not see anything happen. You may be in the middle of it praying, saying, God, where are you? But something has happened in the unseen world that you cannot see. God is breaking through. Paul says in Ephesians also, he said, We do not wrestle against flesh and blood but against principalities and powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, he says, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil, against the tricks of the devil. We are fighting a warfare in the heavenlies. Folks, I want to tell you, heaven's breaking through the heavenlies. Heaven's breaking through the sky Heaven's making itself known in our community. Can I get an amen? I've seen heaven moving here in Henderson County like I've never seen in 27 years of ministry. I was talking to a law enforcement the other day, and just a couple years back, there were a couple of really tough days in Henderson County. One of our deputies, Ryan Hendricks, who was a friend of mine, gave his life serving us. Shortly after that, one of our deputies' son, Jax Warren, died of cancer. You know, on both those occasions, what happened? I didn't even realize how powerful it was at the moment, but the sheriff's department called for prayer, and we stood on the front steps of the sheriff's department, and we cried out to God for his help and his support. Two times in just a few, a short period, I'm going to talk to you today, so hang with me. God puts people in authority. And God respects authority. And when people who are in authority over us acknowledge God's authority over them, heaven starts opening in a community. Are you with me? Uh, by the way, this uh, next week, uh, Sheriff is having a first annual Sheriff's Prayer Breakfast. And leaders of the department and leaders in our community are all going to be gathered together praying for God to bless Henderson County. Can I tell you, folks, we're just starting to see the faucet open of what God's going to do in Henderson County. Because he's stirring up people to pray and to believe him. When heaven opens, when God breaks through, Heaven opens on earth. Now, there's another time. You remember that Greek word? What is it? 
Anoigo. Say it with me. There's going to be a quiz at the end of this, so be ready. Second time this word is used is at the last moments of Jesus' earthly life when he gave up his spirit. Matthew 27, 50 and 50 through 52. It says, Jesus shouted out again and he released his spirit. I gotta, any preacher's got to stop and say something about that. Jesus gave up his spirit with a shout, not with a whimper. Jesus was not murdered. He gave his life. And he shouted, and all of hell and earth quaked. When he shouts, the earth quakes. I love it. It says he shouted, and he released his spirit. The Romans didn't take him from him. The Jews didn't take it from him. He gave his life. Remember that. That's very important. But when he shouted... It said at that moment, powerful things happened. At that moment, the curtain in the sanctuary of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. At that moment, the earth shook and rocks split apart. At that moment, tombs opened. There's anoigo. Say it with me. Anoigo. Look at your neighbor saying, I'm getting sick of that. Look at your neighbor and say, I know him. He's going to keep doing it anyway. <laughs> Anoigo, tombs opened. And here's something says that many people miss about the death of Jesus. It said the bodies of many godly men and women who had died were raised from the dead. Think about that for a minute. Your Aunt Susie died a week ago. And this teacher, they proclaim a criminal, gets crucified outside the city. And all of a sudden, Susie knocks on your door and says, I'm back. <laughs> That's what happened. Godly people in the church they'd prayed and cried over and were going to miss them were raised from the dead and had their lives extended. This happened at the moment Jesus gave up his life. See, the moment he gave up his life, life flowed into earth. Heaven opened up again. The moment he released his spirit, something happened down here. We're in a new covenant now. When God breaks through, graves open. Anoigo, tombs open. When somebody dies, you kind of give up on seeing them again, don't you? Somebody dies, there's no more hope. There is always hope in Jesus. When we get to a place of hopelessness, we get to a place of powerlessness. When we get to a place when there's no more hope and we give up hope, We've given up. I heard a doctor say this. I read it that he said this. He said, I never use the word terminal with my patients. He said, because the greatest thing that they can have in their recovery is hope. And if I take away their hope, I've taken away everything. He said, I always tell them to keep praying and keep believing and keep doing everything they can to overcome. And I tell you, when heaven breaks through, 
what was hopeless can spring to life. When heaven breaks through, graves open. When heaven breaks through, rocks open. Now rocks are symbolic in scripture of stability. Rocks are symbolic of a foundation to build upon. But you'll also see in the scripture many times, rocks have to be moved or open for God's life to spring forth. Rocks are obstacles sometimes that are in our way. When God breaks through, rocks split open. I love it how we serve a God who's moving stones. Jesus was looking at a grave where his friend Lazarus was laying behind a stone. And he'd been dead four days. And Jesus said, roll the stone away. Everybody said, Lord, he's going to stink. Lord, you're opening up a stink here. Anybody from the south know what it means to open up a stink? Stir it up something you shouldn't. Lord, don't mess with this. This is over. Lord said, roll the stone away. Because my life is going to invade that death. I'm going to say, Lazarus, come forth, and he's coming forth. Roll the stone away. Jesus himself is in the grave, right? Easter's coming up. You ready for Easter? We have four services Easter Sunday morning. We're going one on Thursday night. We're going to beg all of you to come on Thursday night. So we got room for all four on Sunday. That's the power of God manifested in that grave. Jesus is in a grave. Holy Spirit comes into that grave. Later, some women come to the tomb, and they're debating on themselves how we're going to roll the stone away. Can I tell you all something? You don't have to roll the stone away. Remember what I said keep walking and keep your mouth shut if you're on your way to the resurrection site just keep walking and leave the stone to God you know what they found when they came to the tomb the Bible said the stone had been rolled away now we've been to Easter dramas and seen this happen if you've been in church and you've seen the wrong picture you've seen a stone there and then it Starts to roll away a little bit, and then the smoke comes out, and the guy playing Jesus comes out, and we sing, Arise, My Love. Were any of y'all saved in the 90s? If you were, you get this. <laughs> Sorry. The stone rolls away, and Jesus comes out. The picture, in what you got to understand is that stone was sealed and ropes were around it and it had the Roman seal on it. They sealed it up so it couldn't be moved except by penalty of law and except with a lot of power. But when the Bible describes the stone being rolled away, it really describes an explosion where the stone was actually moved far away from the door. In fact, what very likely happened is the ropes were broken by some power which they don't know about and didn't but we do see when heaven opens up and God breaks through rocks split open obstacles are moved to the side when God breaks through doors open probably my favorite thing that happened at the moment Jesus died is the veil of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom 
this veil was a powerful veil in the temple there in Jerusalem. It covered the entrance to a room known as the Holy of Holies, which contained the Ark of the Covenant, where God's presence was manifest physically, a room which no one could go in except the high priest once a year. And when he went in, he had to be spotless and holy and free from physical and spiritual impurities. If he was not, if he was impure in any way, he would die walking into that room because sin cannot live in God's presence. This veil separated everybody from the presence of God. The messaging that went out is be careful with the presence of God and don't get too close or you'll die. What's very interesting about it is the moment Jesus died was actually the time of the evening sacrifice when priests would have been standing in that temple in front of that veil. And the priests who were there got a show like the world has never seen before. They saw something unbelievable. They saw that veil ripped. And let me tell you about that veil. It wasn't some flimsy shower curtain. It was a veil that thickness of it was about the span of a man's hand. The thickness of it was heavy cloth. It was said of the veil of the temple that teams of oxen couldn't pull it apart. Yet at the moment Jesus died, that veil was torn, not from bottom to top, but from top to bottom, signifying and showing that God himself reached down and tore that veil open. What did that mean? meant a couple things number one all these sacrifices that you've been doing for so many years all this is over because the ultimate sacrifice has just been made on the cross the lamb of god has just died and you don't need all this anymore because he died once for all hallelujah the other powerful thing that was said is this you no longer have to hide from the presence of god the presence of God is not exclusive to a one priest or a group of priests. But you may enter the Holy of Holies boldly because of the sacrifice of Jesus. You may come into the presence of God. Do you realize today, whoever you are, whatever you've done, wherever you've been, however you've struggled, you today in this place can walk into the Holy of Holies in the very presence of God and be saved by Jesus Christ, be forgiven by Jesus Christ, be restored and renewed in Jesus Christ. We'll close with this upward. With an open door comes an invitation. And I want to give you some words that I believe God has spoke to my heart. When I pray, I often pray over you guys and I'll pray over the people that I'm going to preach to and say, God, help me give them something. Help me give them your word. Help me give them a word from you. God's given us an up invitation at Upward Christian Fellowship. He's given us an open door. We're seeing things happen. We're seeing people saved. We're seeing people come. We're seeing community transformation and not just us, other churches. But God's given us a great invitation. And I was praying and I said, God, show me Show me what this invitation is like. And God gave me a couple pictures. You ready for this? You ready for this? You say, yes, I'll go faster. I prayed. The first picture I got 
was of a plant that had outgrown its pot. Any gardeners here? Anybody good with plants? There comes a time when a plant has gotten too big for the pot. And that plant's got to be transplanted into a bigger pot. And it's messy. And it's scary. Anybody ever done that? We have a plant in my house that this plant originally was on my grandmother's grave in 1994. And we grew it and it got big. And uh, when my mom went to heaven just a couple years ago, we went to dad's house and we wanted to keep that plant. So all of us got a piece of that plant. I've got some, my sister got some, my dad kept some. But we had to take that thing out and break it into pieces. And it's like, be careful, this is grandma's plant. But we took that plant and we put it in three pots. Now where there was one plant outgrowing its pot, there are three flourishing plants. Oh, Lord, what did I just say? Kent, what did I just say? Oh, Lord, have mercy. Where one plant was outgrowing its pot, there are multiplied plants. Folks, God's putting upward in a bigger pot. Are you ready? It's going to be messy. We're going to spill some dirt on the ground. You're not going to like everything. I said, you're not going to like everything, and I'm not either. One day we're going to look back and see three or four flourishing plants where there was one. Oh, boy, I didn't realize what I was saying up here. The other thing God spoke to me is this. I got to quit. I'm having too much fun. My wife and I moved about a year ago into a new house, and we love it. Anybody ever moved before? Anybody hate moving? Offer me whatever you want for my house. It's not enough. I don't want to move again. We found out when we moved how much stuff we had. Anybody? You have no idea how much you have until you move. But here's what God showed me as I prayed. He took me back to that time. And here's what we said when we moved. And it's been a blessing and a wonderful thing. But here's what we figured out. Not everything in this house is going to the next one. Because some of the things that worked in this house won't work in the next one. And some of the stuff that I had in this season won't work in the next one. So what God is saying to us at Upward is this. You're going in a bigger pot, a bigger season, a different time. Not everything that's in your life is going with you to the next breakthrough. Here's what we did. Oh, I got to quit. Pray for the next service. Pray for me to quit. Don't do that. My wife and I, we had boxes of our love letters. We wrote so many love letters to each other when we were dating. We had a couple boxes full of them. And we decided to sort through all of them and get rid of some of them. I think we got rid of about half of them. We threw out ones where we were arguing. We threw out some that we didn't want our kids to see what we wrote. 
You know what I'm talking about. Let's get real here at Upward. We threw out some embarrassing ones, but all we kept some good ones. I think God's calling us as a people, as a family, to do an inventory and say, look at this. Does this belong in my life anymore? If not, toss it. Say, how do I figure that out, preacher? Paul said this, and I promise you I'm quitting. He said, everything's lawful for me. Not everything's profitable. I can do anything. I'm free. But not everything does me good and makes me who I need to be for the next season. All right? I got to quit. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you for today, for your presence, your power, your love, your mercy. Jesus, thank you for what you're doing in our midst. We give you glory for it and we receive it. Heads bowed and eyes closed here today. Deacon staff coming forward to pray. If you're here today and say, Pastor, I'm saying yes to Jesus this morning as my Savior. I won't embarrass you, but I'd love to see your hand. Would you raise it up high right now? Pastor, I'm saying yes to Jesus this morning as Savior and Lord of my life. Anybody, anybody. God bless you. Thank you for that hand. God bless you this morning. I want to pray with you right now. Church, we're going to pray together with those saying yes to Jesus. You may be watching online you don't know Christ, you can pray this prayer with us today. Lord Jesus, thank you for loving me, for dying for me. Today I invite you into my heart as my Savior and Lord. From this, this day forward, my life is yours. I turn away from my sin. I run to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand to your feet right now? Let me bless you today. And I'm feeling really compelled to bless uh, business owners, business leaders today, organizational leaders. Feeling really called to bless. Now, you can take part in this too. There's a blessing for you. But if you're involved in a business as an owner, as a leader, you have a leadership role in it, here's what I want to bless you with today. I bless you with an understanding that your enterprise is a kingdom enterprise. That is more than profit. That God has raised you up and empowered you to lead an organization, a business, a ministry for Him. It's a kingdom enterprise. And I bless you with the wisdom of God to operate your business with the principles of the kingdom. May you be untied and unleashed from the thinking that the world has put in you about how to lead and how to do business. And may you be empowered with God's wisdom, kingdom knowledge, kingdom discernment, kingdom understanding, so that your business may be blessed of God and may manifest Jesus and his presence everywhere you go. I bless you with that. Christians who may not lead, may you be empowered with the special presence of God to make Jesus known. Now I commission you go out of this place. Make Jesus known in presence and in power. Let's see our community transform together. Amen. Love y'all. Love you so much. We'll see you next week. You have a blessed week.